Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And today, I'm pleased to introduce you to a very special man. His name is Travis James Sanders. Travis is an accomplished clairvoyant medium, author, and teacher who has been working professionally for over a decade. His work with Spirit has been featured on numerous radio and television programs, including CBS Radio and most notably A&E's Psychic Kids, Children of the Paranormal. He is the author of the book, I Am Psychic, So Are You, which is a great book for any person interested in finding and developing their own psychic abilities and skills. You can simply visit his website at PsychicTravisSanders.com. So Travis, welcome to We Don't Die Radio. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's been fun writing back and forth to you and even just looking you up. I remember that television show and I got to see a clip of it on YouTube and I thought, oh, that's Travis. You know, it's pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, quite a while ago. Yeah, but still, it doesn't matter. It, it, You're somebody making a difference. So let's start at the beginning if you want to. Um, If you just tell us a little bit about yourself and and maybe growing up and how in the world did you get into this field? You know, it's been a bizarre journey. Um, It's a beautiful journey, but a bizarre journey. I actually, you know, I'm from Ohio originally, Mm -hmm. and um, I grew up in a cow town, very small cow town, very uh, Catholic small cow town. And... um, (laughs) I was just a a sensitive little kid and, you know, for the most part, I pretty much thought that everyone saw things or heard things or felt things. And, um, it wasn't until much later that I put some of the pieces together that that wasn't necessarily the case. And, uh, it it was also interesting too, because I grew up in the Pentecostal church. So on one hand, you know, the, the Pentecostals, are very charismatic and um you know there's there's more of a acceptance of things like the gifts of the spirit but yet at the same time things of a mediumistic or a psychic nature um were considered a cult and taboo and so it was sort of this weird dichotomy but um i think i was probably around 13 or 14 and i started having these out-of-body experiences and um I didn't understand what was happening. I thought I was going crazy um, for you know, for a variety of different reasons, not just the out-of-body experiences, but some of the things that I was seeing. And that sort of sent me on a searching journey. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my first job was at, uh, at the our town's public library, which was perfect for me because I'm a big book person. And um, I, in the course of my working there, you know, I, I started at one end of what they still called the occult section back then. And over a couple of years, I kind of worked my way to the other. And it was really healing and empowering because I, as I studied and researched, you know, I found terms that made sense to me. So, you know, when I came across, you know, especially growing up in the Christian household, things like clairvoyance weren't words that were tossed around, no, you know, on a regular nope. basis. So finding the terminology was very healing because it made me realize that I wasn't alone because up until that point I felt very alone. And uh, it made me realize too, that there's, there's more to this, that I'm not schizophrenic or that I'm not crazy. And um, that was sort of the starting point for everything. What, what kind of things did you see as a kid that you thought like everybody else probably saw the same? 
Um, one of the, some of my first experiences as far as visual was concerned was uh, we had moved homes when I was around seven. And when I would lay in bed at night, I would see these silhouettes stand around my bed and there was never any real form or dimension to them. Um, it was just kind of uh, paired with the sense of being crowded and just these these silhouettes. I would also see what looked like um, these little sparks of light up on the ceiling, which kind of reminds me of the, like with uh, bumper cars, how there's the little antenna and as they move the little sparks across oh, the yes. ceiling, it kind of looked like that. That's what it reminded me of. Um, also, you know, I, I mentioned growing up in the church and a lot of my earliest psychic memories or clairvoyant experiences was watching energy in the church, you know, when someone was in the pulpit, um, I didn't realize that I was seeing auras at the time, but watching colors form around people or sort of these blobs of energy kind of floating around. And, um, you know, I, I never put two and two together that that was abnormal. Now, why would you? I mean, we all have our own experiences growing up. We think it's normal. And everybody can see yeah, it, right? Yeah. So it really wasn't until, you know, those early teen years when I started speaking about some of those experiences and people looked at me like, what is this kid smoking? Mm-hmm. Well, especially growing up in the church, I grew up Catholic and I didn't have any abilities like that. But I, I know people who have talked about that, that kids are very easily shut down because they'll say, oh, you know, it's your imagination or your imaginary friends. And, you know, they're sh shut down at an early age. Yeah, very common. Very, very common. Mm. So what then what happened? You There you are in the uh, checking out all these books. I remember, yes, it used to be called the occult section. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then to, to New Age. I don't even know what it is right now. But uh, and so you started putting having definitions for these things you're experiencing. And then what happened? Well, it wasn't long after that that I started to really engage in a practice of meditation. Okay. Um, and I think that that made a world of difference. But so, you know, there was that exploration period probably between 13, 14 mm -hmm. and the age of 16. And, um, you know, I got pretty immersed into that whole world of, of spiritualism uh, with the resources that I had available to me. Mm -hmm. at, at probably, I think it was like October of 2006, there was an advertisement for a psychic, pair, uh, psychic fair in the local newspaper. And I'd never been to anything like that before. I never knew what to expect. And I think it was just before I got my driver's license. So, and my poor mother, um, <laughs> you know, she... I'm very proud of her and, and how far she's come with her beliefs and her acceptance and approval of what I do. But it was still on shaky grounds at that point. Um, but my mom kind of knew that I was on my own path and I was my own person. And I said, look, I want to go. Uh, will you take me? And she agreed. So we went and I didn't know what to expect. I walk in, it was in like a, a conference room of a hotel. Mm -hmm. And um, I just knew that I had to talk to the lady in the corner. I just felt that pull. So my, my turn finally came, you know, you buy your little appointment or you get your little card. Mm -hmm. um, and I go and I, I speak to her and I go and I sit at the table and she says, you know, before I even sit down, she goes, you know, you have this gift 
And one of these days, you're going to be doing readings and you're going to be on TV and I see you writing books. And I'm, you know, part of me is like, okay, I'm wondering if she tells everybody this, if this isn't her spiel. All right. But then there was the part of me that it really spoke to my soul and spoke to my spirit. So it was actually shortly after that, you know, her and um, one of the other readers, it turns out, were from my hometown. So that was a big revelation for me because I didn't think there were other people like me in my town. But it turns out she was from my hometown. And not only that, but I one of her, her half-sister was one of my uh, co-workers at the library. Wow. So it was all these dots kind of connecting and they kind of took me under their wing at first. So they would take me places. It was always me and like, uh, we joke now, but like I can say old lady psychics. It was always, you know, me and these older women mm-hmm. um, going places and doing things. And it wasn't long after that that I actually started reading at those same fairs. And that, I think, is what sort of sent me in the direction of moving towards this as a profession. Wow. Do you remember when you first started working with people that like you could actually, was it reading them psychically or mediumistically or a little of both? Um, at first, it was it was psychically. The first few years were pretty strictly psychically. Um, even though I'd had mediumistic experiences mm-hmm. or visitations in my youth, it really probably wasn't until 2012 where I stopped resisting dead people. Um, <laughs> because up, up that sounds that funny. Point, it's like I had hard enough time trying to deal with the living, and and I didn't want I didn't want it. Um, and they just kept knocking and, you know, eventually I was like, okay, come in. But so for the first few years, I worked pretty strictly on the auric or on the psychic level. But um, the first time I remember the very first professional reading that I ever did, you know, um, one of the other women, her name was Colette. uh, And she called me one day and she said, you know, I'm, I'm going to be doing readings for this garden party and it's a big group i don't know if i'm going to be able to get to everyone would you be willing to come and do readings with me and i'm like Colette, i don't know how to do readings i'm just a kid and she's right. like oh, i'm sure you'll figure it out you'll be fine i'm like well let me think about it great so <laughs> i avoided her calls for a few days and um she finally got a hold of me and she goes well did you make up your mind did you get a decision And I'm like, "Ah, I really don't know. The idea of this just scares me. And she goes, look at it this way. Most of these women are in their 80s or 90s. So if you mess up, you're probably not going to see them again. Oh, nice, Colette. (laughs) Right? Um, And she said it kind of jokingly, but it did kind of take the pressure off. Yeah, of course. Of, of, you know, taking into consideration sort of where I was at in my journey. Yeah. Um, So I did. And and I for however long it was until I was supposed to get there, I panicked and I just talked to spirit and I was like, listen, if this is what I'm supposed to do, I you know, I'm making the agreement to show up. So I need you to show up. You gotta meet me halfway. Right. I'm willing to go and open my mouth, but you have to put the words there. Yeah. And um the first woman came in, they had me in a little room, and the whole rest of the night was like a blur. And, um, I really don't remember much of what was said or what happened, but I know I probably connected with 15 people that day and that was it. Ever since then, um, I, I, I loved it and I knew that I found my passion. Wow. Do you remember any of it? Like first something, or is there something that you said to one of those ladies that, you know, they said, yeah, that's right. Well, I remember the very first woman who came in, 
Um, you know, and, and I'd mentioned before that I worked pretty much on a, on a psychic level, but uh-huh. actually the, the very first person that I connected with, there was some mediumistic stuff, which made me panic because that wasn't even on my radar at that point. Uh, but she handed me a ring yeah. and I, I told her, I'm like, I'm young, I'm just starting out, I don't know what I'm doing, but I remember holding onto the ring and it actually turned into um, a pretty evidential link with her husband. So, you know, I, I think that spirit had been there all along, it just took me a long time to, to quit resisting them. Yeah, and holding a ring like that, is that called psychometry? I think so. Yeah, psychometry. And, you know, I think that's one of the good start, a good starting place for a lot of people, um, whether you're working psychically or mediumistically. I think we, as a society, as a, as a people, you know, even uh, physiologically, the skin is the largest organ. So feeling is so second nature to us mm-hmm. that um, it can lead us into so many more of our senses. Interesting. Can you just describe, not everybody knows or exactly what the difference is between psychic and medium. Yeah, um, you know, when someone says psychic, and you're right, a lot of people, I think, clump those two clump things them together. together. Right. And, you know, sometimes that's correct, but, but not always. You know, a, a psychic is getting information mostly from the aura or the energy field around another person. So they may pick up on fragments of the past, things going on in the present, things pertaining to the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's very much more of the energy associated with the living right. and the auric field as to where mediumship is sort of like a specialization of that. So um, with mediumship, they're connecting with the spirit side to bring through evidential messages from loved ones that have passed over. Um, Now, sometimes people see that as sort of a gray area because both psychics and mediums work with spirit guides. But to me, for someone to really consider themselves a medium, they need to be able to provide that evidential information. Yes, I agree. I agree. And people come go to psychics for what reason? They want to know, uh, uh, and I'm still single, I think, oh, will I meet that special guy? You know, but it is, they, they want to know things about their life right now, right? People who are looking for a psychic. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. You know, there's there's all sorts of motivations. You know, some of my favorite readings are when people come in and they're just like, I'm open to whatever it is that you have to say. Oh, cool. But, you know, a lot yeah. of but a lot of people, you know, come in because they have very specific needs that they want to focus on. You know, people are stressed about a work situation or there's a health situation or, you know, and sometimes you do get the loved ones, which aren't necessarily my favorite ones to no, do. I'm sure. Um, but, you know, it was interesting. I was listening to an interview with Paul Jacobs, um, and he was talking about how when he was under Gordon Higginson's tutelage, that he made some sort of comment about how he was only going to focus on evidential spirit communication and Mm -hmm. he wasn't going to waste his time with with working on the psychic level. Mm -hmm. And Gordon slapped him and said, you know, listen, for the person who's going through that issue, whether it be a divorce or a job change or a breakup or whatever, that is a a genuine grief or that is a genuine, you know, a, a need and it's just as important. So I I truly enjoy, you know, the people that come to me, I think it's pretty 50-50. Half of them are just looking for life guidance. The other half are looking to communicate with loved ones that have passed over. Uh, And I enjoy working both sides of it. And I think both sides are needed sometimes. Yeah, I love it because, you know, the more I think about it, everything I say about my show is, yeah, it's great that we 
know that life after death is real, but why? So we can live a more empowered life. And so, you know, people have life coaches, people see therapists, and to deal with problems on the court that are happening in life, you know, and talking to someone who's a good psychic, yeah, why not? Because, I mean, it's helping empower somebody living their life right now. Love it. Absolutely. That's, you know, the, you use the key word, which is empowerment. Mm-hmm. To me, it's, it's you know, we're not here to direct you or influence you in any way. We're simply here to give you information so you can make empowered decisions based off of that information. Mm-hmm. But I want to just ask you, because a lot of people are looking for, uh, like, future things. Can, t- can psychics t- effectively ta- uh, tap into the future, or do we still have free will? You know, is everything set in stone? Uh, you know, I absolutely think that I'm 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 more of a free will person. Mm-hmm. Um, Me too. <laughs> you know, and and I actually I enjoy the aspect of the work that gets into the predictive stuff, um, and I think I'm pretty decent at it too. But I always remind my clients I may see this coming up and I may even be able to give you a time frame for this but at any point you have free will and you can shift it and change it if you don't like what you hear take your life in a different direction so I don't think most things are set in stone I think the majority of things are flexible and shiftable um, with the exception of you know maybe things like um, soul contracts and stuff of a deeper nature but uh, absolutely, I think we are, we have more creative power than we give ourselves credit for. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. And it's interesting that you brought up the name Gordon Higginson because I was I was checking him out on YouTube last night, and I'm thinking like, shame on me for not talking about Gordon Higginson in an episode yet. Gordon Higginson, for <laughs> people that don't know, is one of the greatest uh, psychic mediums, teachers. Uh, trance medium, physical medium, like of all time. And if you're on YouTube someday and just type in Gordon Higginson, uh, there's so many videos that you can watch of him talking and teaching. And, uh, you know, Travis, I've been out for walks and even though I'm not watching it on YouTube, I'm listening to his words and, mm-hmm. and teaching and the stories. And his mother was a famous medium. And, you know, that's an, a name. We're just going to plant the seed right now. We'll talk about him a little bit more in another episode. But remember the name Gordon Higginson, because he's, he's a somebody. He's in the spirit world now, but uh, I think we got to give him some time on this show. Oh. <laughs> yes, definitely. He's yeah. marvelous. Yeah. Love his stories. Love his stories. Uh, oh, in fact, I don't know why I'm thinking of this, but I might as well share it. It's just the power of the spirit. I think, I don't know who he was talking about. It was one of the relatives in his family, a uh, woman that drank a lot of alcohol. And she actually showed up to a spiritualist church drunk and got on the platform and everybody was horrified got on the platform to do medium readings and like well she can't because she's drunk well the spirit took over uh she sobered up in seconds and developed and and delivered a very highly evidential uh, mediumship um demonstration for all that were in the congregation that day and it's just that's just like that's powerful you know i don't know why i was just thinking of that story but filled on these youtube videos are so many stories from him and gosh lovely man lovely man you know it, it, it's it's amazing the power of spirit um i was recently at camp chesterfield and um 
which I'm not sure if you're familiar no, with. No, I'm not. Field. Somebody's mentioned it on an episode, but I don't know too much about it. No. Yep. Camp Chesterfield is kind of like the um, more of the Midwest version of Lilydale, which most people are familiar with. It's mm-hmm. a spiritual community, uh, a spiritualist town, so to speak. And um, I was I was participating in an intensive that they had, and one of the participants in this weekend course um, had a very bad stutter. You know, you could it, it was just a terrible stutter. He was an older man; he's had it all his life. And um, one of my friends, who is an employee, who's a groundskeeper at camp, said, "You know, it's it's an amazing thing to watch because when he gets on platform." to demonstrate and he's truly in the power and truly connected to spirit as he's working he does not stutter wow pretty cool yeah yeah Yeah. i've heard some different stories uh yeah oh i love this stuff Uh, let me ask you how did the tv show come about you know, people ask that in, in most of the times when I do, you know, interviews and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. honestly, the details of how it happened are kind of blurry. Um, I just remember I was, I was a kid. I was working at the mall at that point. I, I was 19, um, just turned 19, and I got an email for, you know, I guess some sort of a scout. They were looking for mm-hmm. young people to participate in, like, a docudrama or a docuseries, and... I don't even really remember answering it, but very shortly afterwards, I got a response and I got a phone call. And before I know it, people with cameras were at my house and the whole episode was underway. So, you know, that was one of those things that I, I, you know, I definitely think was like a faded thing um, because that sort of launched me uh, kind of moving into this full time as a profession. And it really, I think, changed the whole direction, the whole course of my, my future. Yeah, and in what a good way, because you are being of service to people. Is there anything better to do with one's life? Right. Absolutely. I don't think so. I think Absolutely. I think you're you're doing it. So let's talk about what should what should we talk about? Um, well, I w- definitely want to hear about the book because I am psychic. So are you? I mean, some people think. Well, even I did when I started dabbling in this. You know, certainly I wouldn't have any abilities in in doing these kind of things. It's for <laughs> special people. Can we talk about the book a little bit? Yeah, definitely. I would love that. Um, so this was is my first book, and um, it, of all the the elements of this work, you know, there's the readings and stuff like that. But I can honestly say my favorite aspect of the work is to teach. You know, when I when I teach, I truly feel like I'm in alignment with what I'm supposed to do. And one of the first courses that I ever started teaching was a weekend workshop for opening up psychically. Um, and it's interesting too, just kind of like a, a side note. A lot of times, with uh, at least under the umbrella of spiritualism, when they teach development, you know, the the end goal is sort of mediumship development, but they teach to where you sort of develop psychically at the same time. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, I've sort of taken a backwards approach to where I've always taught psychic first, and then I sort of e- move from that point into starting to form spirit communication. Um, so to me, the, the psychic level is kind of like laying the foundation, laying the groundwork. So the book came from this three-day course that I teach. 
Um, so you're essentially getting the material that I go over in those three days. And it's wonderful, I think, for people who have no experience and even people who I think have experience can get something out of it, um, intermediate to sort of take themselves to the next level. Because when I was growing up and trying to figure what was going on for myself, you know, all I had at that point was books as a lifeline. And the thing that I found really frustrating was most of the books would give you a piece of the pie, but it always seemed like there was that slice missing that helped connect the dots of how to do it. Mm -hmm. So they might talk about your clear channels and they might talk about spirit guides and they might talk about symbolism, but no one really put all of it together and in sort of a cohesive whole. So my intention with writing this book was to write the book that I wish I had when I was a teenager. Um, so not only can I work on, you know, developing these things, but that people can then, if they choose to know how to conduct readings, how to approach, you know, a medical intuitive reading versus a relationship reading versus, you know, looking inside the body or um, predictive tools for potential future outcomes. So that was my goal with the book. And not only with the book, but in the classes, it's always so fun because like you said, you know, people come in because they have an interest, but they don't think that they really have any ability. And I always tell people, you know, everyone can develop psychically. People will argue to the, you know, cows come home about if a medium can be born or if they're developed. Yes, that's Everyone true. <laughs> can develop psychically. Um, and it's so fun for me to watch these people come in. And at the end of the three days, you know, they're doing these readings and they're getting information and they're surprising themselves. Um, that to me is, is, is just, it just brings so much joy to me. Wow. Where could you give us some of the things that are in your book? I mean, just give us a little sampling. Cause I'm somebody that, you know, I'd love to listen to hear a little bit about it and then I'll sure I'll follow up and order your book as soon as we hang mm -hmm. up. But just to give us a little <laughs> taste of like, what, what do you mean that we're all psychic? Like I'm psychic. So are you, um, are there things like, how would you even first, I don't even know what to ask you. Okay. So that's the truth right here. Um, but where would you start off with people? Where do you start off with people in the classroom talking about this? The first thing I discuss uh, right off the bat is why are you here? Because I think intent is very important. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, a lot of people come because either they, they may have had an interest, but I think the, you know, or, or a curiosity, but mm -hmm. the majority of people that come to my class come because they've had experiences, but they don't know what to do with it. Okay. So I like to say, you know, um, you know, the intent always needs to be of service. If you're here because you want to develop cool party tricks, this probably isn't the class for you. Mm -hmm. um, secondly, we look at blocks, common blocks that I've noticed with people, whether it be, um, you know, negative self-talk or religious programming, and we address different fears of, of why there really isn't anything to be afraid of, um, some of the ethical stuff, and then we move into meditation and sitting in the power and then the way that I like to teach that class is I like to focus on one channel individually. So we do a bunch of uh, sight building exercises, then we do a bunch of feeling building exercises, then auditory exercises, and then the last day is, is focused on putting all of those together on how to conduct a session or a sitting for another person. Wow. And you can go through all that stuff in your book as well. Yeah, you know, it's... I know it's, it's different because they're not you get, in your audience, but... Yeah, exactly. Um, a lot of what is covered in that class is outlined in the book. Um, I think that 
even though it's something that you can do on your own, I think people will get the best use out of the book if they have a partner who is willing to go through the practices with them. Mm-hmm. Because I know when when I was younger and, and books were my only resource, I loved the information, but when it came time to do the practices, I would skip it and be like, oh, I'll do it later, and then not get back to it. Um, or because I needed a partner and I didn't have one. So I think that if you have like a home circle or you're you know, a little study group, it's perfect for that sort of thing. Mm. Well, I know I just started a Facebook group. Um, and if anybody's interested in joining, just type We Don't Die Listeners into the Facebook search group and you can be part of it. But what's been happening, Travis, is I'd have a guest on. We're talking about a certain thing and then I could simply say does anybody want to be a part of a study group and we're like a book study group and we all download the Kindle version of your book or whatever for instance and then we go through it together so I mean I know there's a a way that we can do this with like-minded people and do group calls and talk on the phone and so many things so I I love the technology we have available yes I do and then even you know you're mentioning um that everybody can do it. I took a course once on remote viewing. And for anybody who doesn't mm. know what that is, it's kind of, I would have to say, like a ESP psychic experience where there could be something like a picture in an envelope or something hidden in a bag or something halfway across the world on someone's dining room table and to actually set the intent that, not that you know what the, the thing is, but if you can, you know, you you have the intention of what, what does it look like? What does it feel like? What color is it? What weight is it? You know, some attributes about it. And when I took the class, Travis, there were 60 of us and most of us thinking there's no way that any of us could do this, but every single person could do it. We could I, correctly identify things so close to what they actually were. And, uh, yeah, it, 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 it's just another example of how powerful we are. We are souls having a human experience. This is part of our divine right is to have these abilities. You know, <laughs> we forget, you know, because we're in this shell called a human being, but we are very, very powerful. Um, can you describe a little bit of what meditation and sitting in the power is? So my, you know, my approach in meditation is people – and I'm like a broken record with it because you say meditation and people are like, uh, yeah, I, I know. Blah. <laughs> Who wants to do but, that? Um, you know, meditation for me isn't about clearing the mind because that's impossible. I, mm-hmm. I don't know that I've met anyone who can clear the mind, but for me, meditation is about becoming so used to your own inner dialogue, so used to your own energy and vibration that when an influence from spirit comes to you, you're able to feel and discern the difference. Very so, cool. Um, you know, sitting in the power has become a, a, a daily practice or nearly daily practice for me. And it's made such a difference. I, a um, couple summers ago, I was in Lilydale and I was doing a class with, um, his name's Jake Samoyedny. He's a wonderful man, really humble, um, fantastic medium and um, I know he's done a lot at Arthur Finley and stuff like that um, and his books are, are wonderful his two books are wonderful as well but um, it was he was kind of helping us with different roadblocks because everyone in the course was um, a practicing or learning medium of some caliber and uh, I asked I said you know sometimes in in my sessions I could have three or four days of just clear and amazing spirit connections and then I'll go through you know three or four days of feeling like 
I'm struggling or that I have to put so much more effort. And he mentioned sitting in the power, which um, I was familiar with the concept, but I, I did not use as a daily tool or practice, which is really um, dropping down into your center, connecting with that, that your own divine spark, mm-hmm. and then allowing that to expand and connecting with that higher light or connecting with, you know, the, the divine that's outside of you and it lifts the vibration. And when I started sitting in the power on a daily basis, it really helped with the consistency and clarity of the, the evidential spirit communication. Because um, for me, like when, when someone says center, for me, that's my solar plexus. That's what I think of when someone says um, your center. And a lot of times when it comes to the psychic or the mediumistic, people want to put all the bells and whistles on those upper energy centers. But the solar plexus is kind of like the bridge between the lower and the upper. So it makes perfect sense because as mediums, we are bridges to the other side. And it it sort of helps to build the spiritual power. I sort of think of the solar plexus as like a generator or a battery. So we're enhancing our own vibration, our own energy, but excess energy that builds up through this practice is stored there. So we're not having to go up and down and up and down and up and down with our vibration. We can sort of uh, develop a consistent level to work from. Hmm. Solar plexus being like right above the belly button, that area below the rib cage. Yeah. Okay. Yep. It's just a good thing to visualize where you mean. And it's so funny that you mentioned battery. I've heard, um, people talk about sitting in the power and, you know, really building that vibration. And I always get the visual, like I plug in my iPhone every night to keep it charged and so I think of sitting in the power is kind of like on a soul level is like charging ourselves like we would charge our cell phone, you know, so important, oh, so important. And it's interesting that having the intention, uh, whether you're a visual person or not, whatever that intention is, that like this stuff really happens just by having the intention and and quieting the mind or, you know, tuning in. It's gosh, we're we are really amazing beings, aren't we? There's so much potential that's that's untapped, and I think oh, yeah. you know, as a society, there's so much that's going on in the world. But I think we're experiencing a lot of that the contrast to the things that we want to sort of point us back in that direction to our own power. Yeah, let's talk. You just had a a blog post. You and you got a great website, by the way, psychictravissanders.com. Um, but I just looked at you have a recent blog post about how to raise your vibration. Um, why would it be po- yeah. important for us to raise our vibration? So you know, the, uh, yes, on the psychic level, but even more so on the, on the mediumistic level. Mm-hmm. The spirit world is all around us. It's a higher vibration. We hear that a lot, and um, I think vibration has has almost become like a little bit of a dirty word because it's become so fluffy um, in in how it's tossed around. But even just scientifically everything has vibration everything you know the molecules move at a certain frequency so the spirit world is at a more refined vibration because it doesn't have the dense physicality Mm -hmm. of this physical body so the higher our natural state of vibration the easier it is to um bridge that gap between us and spirit and you know there's all sorts of things that we can do one thing that i love about spiritualism is is the emphasis that it places on natural law and living in accordance with natural law and 
for me, part of that is it's about walking your talk. So, you know, when you embark on the path of mediumship, it's not just something that you do when you're in the sitting room. It's a lifestyle. And some things are detrimental to that lifestyle and some things enhance that lifestyle. So there's a a variety of things. I think I listed eight in that article that are just simple daily practices of a high vibrational nature. Prayer and meditation are two of the simplest things that help us plug into the divine and are of a high vibrational nature. Um, Certain uh, lifestyle habits like food and exercise lead to a clear connections and higher vibrations. Um, even relationships that we have, I think it's important to take evaluation of the relationships we have and say, okay, is this relationship a two-way street or is this someone who's always pulling me down? Because your mental and emotional energy is being fragmented at that point, and that can deter, too, from your spiritual connectedness. So um, it's just simple things. You know, my I always try to look at what's simple. Spirituality doesn't need to be overcomplicated. You know, you don't have to stand on your head and chant Aum <laughs> and, you know, cross your big toes. They're just little everyday things that we can do that make a difference. Even going outside in nature, you know, uh, listening to great pieces of music, laughter. I mean, I think all those things are tied right in. And it's interesting because the things that you mentioned are also some things that can really help people in the grieving process, help people feel better and move through. And I'm just thinking somewhere here, there's a a similarity because uh, I know know a lot of the listeners that I attract to the show are people um, who've lost a loved one and rightfully so. We want to make sure that... um, they're still around, that we're going to see them again. But I also know people would like to connect and uh, to come from a place of real deep, heavy grieving, you know, you're probably not generating a high vibration. So to be able to do some of these things that you recommend and which actually helps us feel better, which actually helps us vibrate higher. And I know from some of our our listeners uh, that have reported some pretty cool signs that they have received from their loved ones from getting into some of these practices. So I think they help, you know, in a couple of ways. Really good. I agree. Man, good stuff. So what else would you like to share, whether it's in regards to your book or something you like to teach? The floor is yours, my dear. <laughs> the floor is mine. Okay. All yours. There's, there's just, I don't know, there's so much. Um, you know, I, I have a, a workshop coming up in August, August 20th at Lilydale. It's my first time there as a Congratulations. teacher. Congratulations. Um, thank you. Thank you. I've I've been going every year for the past several years, and I love it there. Um, but it's my first time presenting, and um, we're going to be talking about the connection between um, Native Americans and and spiritualism. And we're specifically we're going to look at the historical figure of Black Hawk. Um, I do have a, a beginner's mediumship course coming up. Um, but the other thing too, you know, you, you as I said, there's so many different areas that we can go. But uh, one of my first teachers, we'd mentioned the Psychic Kids show. During that episode, uh, it was focused. It was geared towards missing persons. It was kind of my introduction into forensic work, mm-hmm. and. At that point, because all I had was books, I was very sort of new agey, and she was a, a fourth-generation spiritualist. And so she brought me into the whole world of spiritualism and some of the more traditional practices. And since then, you know, I've, I've 
considered myself a spiritualism, you know, I'm a member of the spiritualist church, and um, I absolutely adore the the tenets and and the um, teachings of spiritualism, and that actually um, led me into exploring physical mediumship, which is actually how I found your show through some of the physical mediums and some of the talks on physical mediumship that you've had on your on your show. We know oh, that fantastic. Yeah, I'm super excited about physical mediumship myself. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. I know that you were talking about some of your experiences in um, sitting in seance for the first time, and it really is life changing. Mm-hmm. Have you done it? I have sat in three or four um, direct voice seances, yeah. and from you know the very first one, it, it just sort of blew my world open um and there was no looking back like it's it's honestly become an obsession i've been sitting i have a a group um there's four of us and we've been sitting for about a year and a half for physical phenomena and um it's just it's just been amazing and and researching some of the um, older mediums you know um i know you've had scott milligan on and and on youtube i absolutely adore listening to uh leslie flint seances all the archived seances that he has but um one of the the resources that really helped me before i had the actual experience of uh witnessing a physical mediumship seance robin foy's book in the pursuit of physical mediumship kind of really opened up a lot of things for me and and put me more in that direction and gave me a deeper understanding of what it is and what it has the potential to be moving Mm -hmm. forward because I think we're going to see a resurgence of it. I think you're right. I had the honor of being able to interview Robin Foy and Scott Milligan and others. And, you know, I remember meeting Scott and being part of his seance and he's so passionate about getting this out to the world and i'm like yeah but how do you how are you going to do that right and uh he resisted coming on the show not that he resisted he's just busy you know sometimes 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 and i really pushed him because i'm like i've got the vehicle to get people to know this and same thing with robin foy of course he's out there and a lot of people know him but you know right now it's 2017 and I think that we really have the capability of having people witness the miraculous. And so some of these people that have been um, doing it out in the world, just, you know, sharing their stories. And I'm proud of you and the group you're sitting with for the past year and a half. Like, that's what it takes, you know, but this can really be. And when people start, and I know it's happening in hundreds and hundreds of uh, circles around the world, but when people start witnessing some of this miraculous stuff happening you you can't help but get you know this isn't it we are so powerful you know and as a little kid i don't know because you're younger than me you know the tv show bewitched do you remember hearing about that? oh yeah yeah well as a little kid i tried everything to wiggle my nose <laughs> and have magical stuff happen it didn't happen However, I like I so wanted magic to be real and it's like I'm getting I'm older than you, I'm fifty one now, but getting like magic is real. And even better than that, like magical stuff is normal. It's not magic. It's just who we are. You know, so to be part of this movement to share it is so much fun, Travis. Oh so much fun. Something too is even even in 
having, you know, some years under my belt, I know I'm still very young, but even in having some years under my belt of working as a, a mental medium, there's something about physical mediumship that when we experience genuine displays of it, I think really shift things for people from believing in an afterlife to knowing mm-hmm. that there's an, there's more to this. Mm-hmm. And what a different way to live life with that knowing. Now, I, I don't want to suffer my final moments on planet Earth. I don't. I watched my dad die a horrific suffering with cancer. I, I don't want to go down that road. Nobody wants to die in pain. But there is no doubt in my mind that when I close my eyes the final time here on planet Earth, I'm going to open them in the hereafter. And uh, my dad will be there, my pets, my grandmother, whoever else, you know, cheering me on. Um, and that's reality. Yeah, yeah, very much so. There is a I, one of the philosophers that I enjoy listening to is Alan Watts. Some of the recordings of his lectures on I YouTube. I don't know and Alan Watts. Let me write that down. Oh my gosh, you'll you'll just blow your mind. Okay, um, he's just so articulate, and he speaks a lot on spiritual subject matter. Um, I believe he's passed now, but you know, one thing that he said in one of his lectures was, "Do you know? Do you ever have? Do you have a conscious memory of ever not existing?" You know, you may have only existed for 10 or 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 years in this physical, you know, perspective. Mm-hmm. Do you have a memory of not existing? So why would you ever have an experience, if you've never had an, uh, an experience of not existing backwards, why would you ever think that you have an experience of not existing moving forward? That's pretty cool. Yeah, it just, I never thought of it that way before. Yeah, wow. What else? You're in the driver's seat right now for the next 10 minutes or so we've got left. My great teacher. Um, I'm so proud of you. And it's it's exciting because at your website, too, you can find out about the book. You can read your blog. Uh, I think you also post where you'll be speaking, right? Yep. Yep, absolutely. Um, you know, I've, I've been having a lot of fun doing uh, live sessions on Facebook, the, the new live feature. Have you? Um, mm. You know, that's that's just so fun, and I, I didn't do it for a long time, um, but periodically I'll jump on, we'll do Q&As, or sometimes I'll do live readings for people on there, um, and it's just a neat way to interact with people, but, um, you know, I, I feel a lot is shifting and, and changing. I, I think some of the direction of my work is shifting and changing, and it's just an exciting time. You know, it's an exciting time to to not only be alive in our history, but I think spiritually, every once in a while, we kind of go through these Renaissance periods. The 90s was a big Renaissance period um, with people sort of and and their spirituality. I think we're we're going through another wave of that. And, um, you know, I'd mentioned Lilydale earlier. Mm -hmm. If you haven't explored Lilydale and you're in that area, definitely check that out. Um, If you're in Indiana, check out Camp Chesterfield. I think one of the things that... Yeah, for myself, I've kind of I've had one foot more in the new age, and then as I had influences from teachers that sort of led me back to the core of modern spiritualism. And I think one of the things that's very lacking is that a lot of people doing the work today don't know their history. Um, they don't know what some of the mediums have gone through to be able to pave the way for us to do what we're doing. And I think that's so important to have a, an understanding of. Yeah, definitely. Do you have another book in your mind that you want to write? I actually, I just finished my second book. Oh, congratulations. Um, thank you. Uh, it's I, it's funny. I, I 
before I even finished one, Spirit's like, okay, we're going to do this one, and then we're going to do this one. So <laughs> I have a few others lined up, lined up in my head. But the one that I just finished is actually geared towards mediumship. Okay. Um, so after where the first one is, is more psychic, this one is, is based off of how to build up your evidential spiritual communication. Um, we talk about things like how to conduct a home circle. Um, the other thing, too, is very much like with the psychic book, you know, I felt like a, a lot of the resources that were out there gave you just enough but didn't quite get you where you yes. wanted to go. Um, I wanted to make sure that I included not just things like the mechanics and the history and, and the channels that we get information through, but linking techniques, how to link to spirit, how to get evidence, how to, you know, do these things. And then um, very much like the first one, there's practices in there where you can pair with the partner and then work on those linking techniques so you can refine your abilities. Oh, I'm so excited. And how soon can we, can I get my hands on this book? This one, you know, it's, it's, I'm still not sure. The first book I, I did on my own, mm-hmm. um, and I loved it, and I probably wouldn't do it any other way if I could go back and change it. This one, you know, the part of me that, like, when I get an idea in my head or I have a goal set in mind, I'm very much of the personality of, like, you either get on board or get out of the way because it's happening whether you want it to happen or not. Um so I like the fact that if I self-publish again, I have more control. I can put it out there faster. You know, no one's changing my words. On the other hand, the downside to that is that you don't have the width of distribution and marketing as you would through traditional publishing. So I'm kind of on the fence right now. If I if I self-publish again, um, it'll definitely be on Amazon and available by the end of the year. Um, but I'm considering looking into some more traditional publishing for this next one. Mm, okay. And I could be a little resource in that too. After we hang up, I can chat about it because there's some pretty big self-published authors that, uh, got their words out there in people's hands and then mainstream publishers pick them up and they are all over the place. So there's some options and I definitely would help you any way I can. Oh, I but, appreciate that. But I know from a, just listening to you now, if I ha- could get that book, I would. So um, have some urgency in making your choice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I yeah. appreciate that. No, I, I just think it's really good because again, you know, it's not just me. So many people are looking for this information. And it's I love having these conversations on the show, because it's like we get to know you, and we can trust you. And, you know, you're definitely not somebody who's trying to take our money, you know, and scam us and all this stuff. No, you're a real person who's had real experiences, and who genuinely wants to serve and share and make a difference, you know, so um, yeah, you know, there's a lady, I remember who self-published a book, totally unrelated to life after death, but it was about green smoothies. And mm. she self-published, and it happened to get into Steve Harvey's hands, the comedian slash talk show host slash family feud host. And on one of his episodes, he mentioned it, and he actually brought her in. And don't you know that that book was taken over by a huge publisher and actually hit almost the top of the New York Times bestseller list. So it's about getting the book in the right hand 
to go big. Whereas I, yeah, whereas I know several people, uh, you know, you think once you get to a big publishing house that it'll, it'll make a big difference, but it depends. I mean, Travis, I totally believe that you've got this huge spirit team behind you and that uh, no matter which way you go, it'll be the right route, but there'll also be people that come about in your path that will help get it in the people that need to have it whether it's somebody like steve harvey or you just never know you never know yeah that's so true uh, you know um uh, i don't know if you're familiar with sandra ann taylor yes um, i am she's a yeah hey house author but uh, she's, she's great you know kind of started very um frustrated in trying to get published and kind of resigned to this point of you know what it's more important for me to have the work out there and before she knew it, you know, Wayne Dyer got a copy of her book and now she's, you know, this, this Hay House author traveling the world and teaching. And so, um, to me, like, that's what it really boils down to is as much as I would love for it to be, you know, in bookstores everywhere. I just, I really just want the, the information out there because yeah. someday I'm going to be gone, but those things will live on. And I think that that's what's important. But, um, a yeah. side note too, um, Sandra's twin sister, Sharon Klingler, is uh, an amazing medium. She's actually a, a resident Lilydale medium, and she, I've done a lot of work with her. I consider her um, a teacher that I have a lot of respect for. And if you ever have the chance to do a course with her, I always say she is like the Rosetta Stone of mediumship because wow. she takes it and she makes it user-friendly and accessible, and I know that she's made a world of difference in my my capability. Oh, maybe she'll let me interview her for the show. Ha-ha. Oh, I'm sure she would. I'm sure she would. Oh, thank you so much. Well, we're rounding the top of the hour. What else you want to share that uh, maybe you haven't? Reach down, talk to your spirit friends. This is will be one of those recordings that will live in, you know, live on for eternity. Your words right now, um, or even just how people can get in touch with you. Do you do still do readings? You know, can people get in touch with you for that? Just anything else you want to share, Travis? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, my website is just psychictravissanders.com. I'm very active on social media, so you can always reach out to me too through um, Facebook. It's just, you know, Travis Sanders Psychic Medium. Um, and I do, you know, I do phone as well as in-person sessions. Um, here, I, I'm based out of Ohio. I'm on the Great Lakes. So mm-hmm. if you're in this area and you want to set up an in-person, um, I do have office space out of a metaphysical store that I actually manage part-time called It's Your Journey. And um, so if you're in the area, you can check that out as well. But um, I'm always open. I'm always open to come and, and teach and travel and do workshops. I know I, I used to get up to Chicago once a year. I'm usually in the Detroit area once a year. Um, so I'm always kind of around and I'm willing to go places. And, you know, if you think that there is something that um, I could possibly be of service with, I would be more than happy to, to connect with you. Wow, that's really great. I have the, the website that I created, not website, the Facebook group, the We Don't Die listeners. I put in there a map and people can just put in their city and state and it populates where in the world they are. And so I'm noticing, Travis, like these clusters of people that are in different states and different cities around the world. And I thought, wouldn't it be great to maybe connect with a medium slash teacher in your area? 
and do a joint event. I can speak, you can teach, and um, just a for instance, but something like that, you know, um, the sky's the limit as to what we can do. And uh, yeah, it'd be fun to play with you, really would be. And I think that's so important because I know I have so many people that reach out to me on a weekly basis that mm-hmm. say, you know, this is something I'd like to work on or I feel like I may have some ability, but because of where I live, I don't have a church or a center or, right. you know, a development circle. So I think having that, you know, a, a website like that is, is so cool and so important. Um, and then the other thing, too, that I, I tell people is if you don't have those resources, it's wonderful to have, a, you know, a development circle at a spiritualist church or a metaphysical yes. center. But um, don't underestimate the power of a home circle. Even if there's not a um, a seasoned leader, I, I believe that even people coming together with a sincere intent just to bolster each other is so important. And um, yeah, the home circle, I think, is something that, that has faded, but we need to bring back. Yeah, it definitely. And for people that are interested also, uh, I usually mention at the beginning of these episodes, but there's an afterlife symposium that's going to be happening this September 15th through 17th, 2017 in Scottsdale, Arizona, USA. And there's 27, I think, different speakers, all different areas of afterlife communication and afterlife studies, including physical mediumship and starting home circles and and getting in touch with your loved ones across the veil uh, in so many different ways. And if you're somebody who's interested in not just afterlife studies, but coming together with a bunch of like-minded people, um, you might want to check that out. You can go to afterlifestudies.org to uh, learn about it, register, or even if you don't want to come or you're busy, it's a great website to go to to see some of the things that people are doing in the world of the afterlife. I mean, Travis, I'm so excited that we're living in these times. And I do think within the next 10 years, it's just going to be some monumental growth and like really exciting things happening. Definitely. Yeah. So Travis, I want to thank you for being our guest today. First and foremost. Thank you so much. Yeah. It's really yeah, no, I've, great. I've enjoyed our time together. Um, you know, you have a wonderful energy and I think you're doing some really great work and I'm just very appreciative. Oh, thanks. And ditto to you. I'm really nice to catch up with you, meet you voice to voice. I'm sure before long we'll meet face to face. Uh, and just a reminder for our listeners, Travis's website is psychictravissanders.com. And also you can always go to we don't die radio.com and click on his episode or one of the other almost 200 episodes that we have out in the cyber world today. But Travis, you are definitely somebody who is very inspiring, somebody who uh, has a love of learning and then sharing. And I think that is so important for all of us to know that when we learn something, like what a gift it is to share it with another and like how much it can help another person in their journey. So thank you for doing that. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. You're a good man. You really are. Um, well, lastly, I think I'll just close this episode because we've said enough, I think. But, you know, you've really le- left us uh, wanting more, and I love that. And I'm excited to check out your book. Uh, I'm really excited. I Am Psychic, So Are You, which is available on your website and also on Amazon and uh it's great. I'm looking forward to reading that. So in closing, I want to say my name is Sandra Champlain, and I'm delighted to have been your 
host on We Don't Die Radio, and I do believe that life is an education for the soul, and that your life here on Earth is important. You are a soul having a human experience. You are divine. You have all the magical powers of that little girl uh, in Bewitched, and a little girl that I wanted to be wiggling mm-hmm. my nose. We really don't don't discount it. Don't uh, discredit it. I mean, it, it's real, you know, and the more you dig, and the more you learn, and the more you experience, the more you practice you'll see who you really are and so my game my aim is for you to have a great life really a great life so in closing i want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening and we'll see you soon